are listening to Chugga Talk with Ryan Murphy, a podcast by Pull Across Made Simple. Hello friends, this episode is brought to you by Saucy Farm. Located in Wiggins, Mississippi, they're the premier Australian stock horse stud in North America. Proudly standing are Ballandown Zorro, Hayden Satellite, and Stonebrook Finno. Ballandown Zorro has fresh cooled semen with a live full guarantee. Hayden Satellite and Stonebrook Finno have a limited supply of frozen semen. Ballandown Zorro offspring have proven time and time again that athleticism, endurance, speed, and intelligence are just a few of the qualities his offspring possess on their way to close to 200 best playing pony awards. Zorro offspring are also exceptional in hunter jumper and eventing discipline. Hayden Satellite comes from the famous Hayden Horse Stud in Australia and is currently proving himself on the polo cross field. Satellite offspring were awarded best playing horse in international test matches in 2019 and his offspring have now started to make a name for themselves in the jumping arena. Stonebrook Finno is the premier sire in Australia for polo cross. Saucy Farm is near and dear to my heart. By purchasing our two stallions two years ago, Karen and Charles have carried on the legacy of my family and the hard work that my mother put into bringing the Australian stock horses to the United States for the sport of polo cross. All four of my horses are a result of that breeding program, and you just can't go wrong. Saucy Farm and Australian stock horses, a breed for every need. You can find them on Facebook or call 228-263-0930. Hello, good morning. This is Rahul Desai. Here's a quick shout out to Saucy Farms, who stand Ballantown Zorro instead. They also have other stallions available with the Frozen Semen Collection. Speaking of Ballantown Zorro, my wife Sarah and I are the lucky owners of Keystone Specialist, also known as Special. Special is a 14-year-old stock horse slash thoroughbred gelding. And Marilyn Murphy had sent him to me as a late two-year-old, early three-year-old for training. This must have been sometime in 2009. And um, after his initial antics, his potential was very obvious. In fact, it was so obvious that Sarah called Marilyn immediately and said that I definitely would like to buy this horse. As they say, the rest is history. Special has been that once-in-a-lifetime horse that people only dream of having. His athleticism, heart, and love for the game are second to none. We have been so fortunate to have him as our own, and a major part of our development as players as well as horsemen has most certainly been because of him. He has definitely raised the bar in terms of expectations and standards that we have of our own horses and how we go about bringing them into the game. It's been really special to watch other players play him and see how much fun they have had. From international matches to juniors, he has done it all and has excelled at every level. Shout out to Aubrey Shuttles for playing him so well in his junior exhibition in 2019. Special's horse and player awards count is extensive and innumerable, but perhaps the icing on the cake will be in a few years' time when we'll get to watch him cart our two sons up and down the field and help bring, bring them up through the ranks. Hopefully by playing and caring for him, they will learn the value and importance of having great horses. In addition to Special, Zorro has thrown many great offspring with several of the top horses in the USA carrying his bloodline. Charles and Karen Saucy of Saucy Farms, who are Zorro's current owners, are doing a phenomenal job of putting strong horse flesh on the ground, and if you're looking for your next superstar, look no further than Saucy Farms. That said, we all owe a lot of thanks to Marilyn Murphy, who had the original idea and vision of importing the stock horse breed which has been an amazing gift to USA Polo Cross. Are you a Polo Cross related business? Chuck a Talk has a truly global audience. To learn more about advertising here, email me at ryan at polocrossmadesimple.com. Space is limited. On this episode of Chuck a Talk, you'll meet power couple Debbie Harris and Dara Mangan. Simon Shearing adds to the conversation as a special co-host. We discuss how arch enemies became lovers and then teammates on the largest stage of Polo Cross. We discuss the changing tides of Polo Cross, COVID, pregnancy, and much more. Here on Chugga Talk, the goal is to shrink the Polo Cross world by connecting people together, and most importantly, to provide education by interviewing players from all over the world. So listen closely and enjoy. How are you? Good. How are you? How are we doing, Hi. girls? All right. 
Yeah, all good. What's going on? It's so long since I've seen you. I know, weird. You no, guys well, look like you've done yourselves up there a bit. Just a podcast, not an actual video. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? Yeah. <laughs> I got dressed up. I, I picked 2007 for some reason. Oh, yeah. I just put a t-shirt on. I just put anything on that fits me at the moment. I'm so old that all my old shirts, have they've all disintegrated. All my Irish. <laughs> you're not, you're not as old as me. <laughs> Do you even have an Irish shirt? I did at one point. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't, that it, must have been 06, that tour. There was never an Irishman who had a shirt that would fit me. <laughs> That's sad. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> a lot going on with the, the two of you. When did you get when did you get married? Last summer? Last year, October last year. Okay. Yep. We made a year, which was good. And was that the last time you were you were with them, Simon? Um yeah. So you were over February, January? Oh, yeah, yeah. I came over with uh, Nick. I saw you at the... Oh, yes, yes, yes. Are you all up in Dublin? An hour south of Dublin. So we bought a house in Wicklow. Okay. In Ockram, so in the middle of nowhere, which is about, uh, yeah, we're about an hour from Dublin. So it's, I work in Dublin and, and Debbie works in Dublin. So we're not too far away, but no, we're not in Dublin. What I do know is that there's a big ride, a question riding center, a club. Mines. Yeah, it's still there. Definitely still there. Um, We've both worked in We've Paramount. both worked there at some point. Okay. Um, I grew up in that club. It's a great club and they're, they're, they're still there. I think all the clubs at the moment are a little bit small. Yeah, Everything same here. Okay, so that's where you're located. When you say the middle of nowhere, is Equestrian Center, uh, are you? We're about an hour, just under an hour from that Equestrian Center. When I say the middle of nowhere, is in like, we're at the end they of the They live on the side of a mountain. Behind of our house is the mountain, yeah. We're the last house before the mountain, technically, yeah. How many acres? So we only own a couple of acres and we uh, rent about 15 acres. Right beside okay. our house. Right beside the house. Oh, that's a lot. That's good. That's a good amount. I mean, it limits the number of horses, but that's yeah, probably a good thing, right? You think it's a lot. You think it's a lot <laughs> until yeah. until until you start collecting horses, and it's not a lot. I've got ten acres, and four horses fills that up pretty fast. Well, there's ten horses. On ten the horses on on us. So oh, I must just uh, speaking of horses, just for a second, I must just say, Ryan, have you noticed how this multi-horse has just gone mental? I participated in a multi-horse tournament a few weeks ago <laughs> brilliant and was it good good it was good for my mayor and it was a very low level tournament so let's say that it, it, it had its place but yeah i benefited from it are you trying to get controversial so quickly <laughs> you know me Ron. you know me no i just i just see it all every tournament in australia loads of tournaments in australia not every but they're playing a lot of multi-horse and you know you you weren't uh, all for it so well, it's grown on me a little bit, but I think they just use it on a few in the beginning of the season. They're not using it for anything serious. I, I just seen it on Facebook. Oh, okay. them. Have you guys tried it in Ireland? Not really. We We've got a Mondays, yeah some one day tournaments. We can do multi horse, and then we have a, like a green card where you can play a young horse in a tournament. But like once it's played in a tournament, it can no longer. Or you get like two goes. Okay. You might be able to drop down to C grade twice, oh. and that's it. And then you're in C grade again. <laughs> but it, oh. it's just not big enough here no. to to right. bring in multi horse. Possibly at the top end, but even then, we just we're struggling on numbers here. So. And the norm for people in Ireland, anyway, is most people would only have one horse, and we yeah. have we have a few suit us to do multi horse. But I mean, the majority of people would have one horse in the A grade, and they'd be lucky if they could. If their horse gets vetted out for the weekend, then sometimes they'll struggle to even be able to borrow a horse. So I suppose it'd be, yeah, it'd be tough to bring in. Right. Yeah. But I like yeah. the idea of it. Yeah. What are your numbers in Ireland right now as far as players? We're, we're only in like the 250s. Here we were probably on zero. Because <laughs> of COVID, though. <laughs> we didn't play a single Not tournament. Not a single tournament this year. Nothing. Oh. Nothing happened at all. Probably uh -oh. 100, 150 max. max. No, there's not 150. Oh, that's tough. Very. I feel bad because we're here in the wild west of the States and we, we've lost control of the virus, but we're playing polo cross. How, is, how, how are you doing that? I like, can't it, tell you. We can't get our heads around it. Like, one of the worst countries in the world hit by COVID and you're just like playing polo cross like it's, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'm a board member, so I shouldn't say much more than that. But I just... I just... <laughs> No, I mean, we don't, probably don't catch COVID. No, we don't have, uh, 
we don't have uh, big uh, like dinners and we try to social distance, but you know, it's not a perfect situation. We haven't had any super spreader events at a tournament that we know of yet. When you fill out the form, you say that you'll report within 14 days if you become positive. Most countries, the sports going on, it, you right. know, even in the, you know, football's happening and Gaelic football over here is happening. So it's just, uh, Polo Cross just never happened for us this year. Are they doing a bunch of testing? Is that why? Because over here, the NBA was the basketball. They, they were in a bubble. They, they went to Disney World and lived there. And they're testing all the time. So that's how they're playing sports, right? We're yeah. doing a lot of testing. But I actually think this week, we've just gone into level three in our whole country. So you're not like good at anyone's house. Mm. Or like they've clamped down a little bit. Because we're very much on the verge of going into full lockdown again can't leave your county so that we couldn't play polo cross we have the to- government wouldn't allow us to anyway because you couldn't travel out of your county i mean it makes sense if, if you, you have a lot more control over it than we do so it, it, it works so right? much smaller than you guys though well we're so spread out it's so you know we have to drive so far so no polo cross pretty much none this year i had jeremy marriott a unit he said to me in a in a podcast was that you see a lot of the best horse rider combinations come out of like a drought or something because they get extra time with their horse before they bring it onto the field. So I don't know, maybe there's a silver lining to that. We had that. So when we went into lockdown in March, when we went to full lockdown, we're stuck at home. So like we, we went, we couldn't go to work or anything. So we had well, whatever it was, however long it was. And I was riding horses every day. All the young horses. All the young horses got some good work. And we got to a point where we were able to go to a small practice weekly, but it was in Wicklow. So it was, Hiring an arena because there was no pitches really available. Um, and we got a few few of them. I must have, I say we got six in, um, which was good for our young horse just to bring them to training. But then it got to a point where, as well, why, why am I riding all these horses? Because we can't ride in the winter. It's just not, a, it's just not realistic to work horses in the winter here. It's right. dark at half six and you're, we're on the side of the mountain. Like it's, it just doesn't work. So like our top playing horses have literally just had an entire year off without being sat on once. <laughs> it's quite um, nice though. It, you know, it is nice. I've enjoyed having a bit of a break. We've had a few, we played a bit over, no, no, there were some tournaments, but we didn't play in any. There were only a couple towards the end of the season, but I think it's been nice for the horses and God, it's been, it's been a nice to have a bit of a break. Sorry, the only thing no. with the young horses is, is you can only do so much on them until you actually need to go and play them. Right. So some of our young horses got to the point where you know, there's only two of us and then there was only Dara riding because I couldn't ride anymore. At that point, the horses needed to actually go and play polo cross. Right. And uh, when you've got no polo cross going on, there's only so much schooling you can do on a young horse before you're actually going to start undoing some of the stuff that you're trying to do to them. And see if there's someone out there that you can... Uh, see if your horse will kick. <laughs> oh, yeah, something as simple as that, yeah, I suppose. Or all of a sudden it doesn't go forward or, right. you know, things. So. I wonder how many more years Simon will need off to heal up. I, I think the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's hoping, secretly hoping that, that yeah, I just retire. <laughs> like, you know, just go away. Well, you could start your own league, the Handicap Accessible League, right? Um, yeah, you, could yeah. get some, you could get some government money. I don't know if they'd give it, yeah. I think if the government saw me, they'd be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but tell, tell me again what happened with your foot. You got caught because your stirrup was all... No, no. No, I just, I tripped. It's oh, a long story. I tripped and I killed a nerve in my back. So my, uh, my leg doesn't work properly. But then, did, uh, did, oh, but that was caused by pull across. No. Oh. But then, didn't yeah. you say that? Okay, you don't have to talk about it, and I can always cut this out. I don't but, mind. But no, you didn't. Didn't your foot get caught, and you got drug a, a short period of time? Oh yeah, that, Simon. Yeah. That was after. That was after because <laughs> I could have been. I had to invent a new stirrup, and yeah, my my foot got caught in the stirrup, and I did get dragged a little bit. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, that was a bit of a nasty one, really. But, did you? Uh, yeah. Did you pay up? Case of beer? No one's paying up. <laughs> There was no staying on the horse on that one. <laughs> no, I, uh, I was, I was very lucky. Well, I t-boned someone, and they were very lucky. More to the point, because well, my my mare is a bit of a, an idiot. So we were both pretty lucky. Along those lines, we've been having discussion as the board about what to do with 
concussion protocol and, you know, having an EMT on site and, and there's liability there if, if, if an EMT says you can play and then you play and something happens. So we're, we're trying to deal with all this because obviously if someone falls off, it's a problem and you don't want them to get back on and play. How do you guys deal with that in Ireland? In the UK, in the UK, you, you, if you, if they think you've got concussion, you can't play. Or even if they think you've had a, a hit, hit to the head, you can't play. So I fell super. off at a World Cup training and got concussed and wasn't able to train for six weeks. Six weeks until after Christmas, actually, it was. Oh, jeez. So then, you know, we are. I think in recent years, I think all sports have become a little bit more realistic when it comes to head injuries. I don't think we're as, I'd say, well, five years ago might have been a different story. Yeah, sure, just get back on again. Right. And people would have just got back on. I think, I think maybe people recently have gotten a bit more sensible about head injuries. We've said that if the horse's shoulder or your shoulder or head hit the deck, then you have to be checked out by a medical person. Do you have paramedics on site, Ryan? Most of the times we do, but we haven't actually said that it's required. Most Most countries do. So we might be a little bit behind there, but... We're so worried about lawsuits in this country. It's a big problem. We're figuring it out, but I think we're way behind the ball from other sports. That's, that's yeah, quite shocking, really. I know. I would yeah, have thought in America, I mean, of like, all places, you'd yeah. have to have them. Right. We're going to make some decisions, and we'll probably be on the right track and require it. So. Like if you have a serious accident at a tournament with no paramedic, you're not necessarily especially maybe in the States, going to be close to a hospital. Right. And then if you need a helicopter, do you guys not then have to pay for it? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, and it, it comes back to insurance and everything too. People are like, I don't, I don't want to go. And that's a whole other issue with healthcare. <laughs> Zara, have you, have you been employed in America? A while back, whatever. We went as an under 19. So that was a while ago. Uh, an under 19 trip. We actually played twice in, oh God, I want to say we played in Pennsylvania. Will we have? Or Philadelphia and okay. North Carolina. There was a group of us. There was seven boys and me. We went on a trip and we played in two. <laughs> <laughs> and we played in two test matches, I think. What year was that? I would say I was 17 and I'm now 31. So. Oh, that was a long time ago. No, you're not. I'm, I'm 39, but... Uh... <laughs> but I'm 41. <laughs> Thanks, Dara. <laughs> Feel so young in this group. <laughs> you are, you are. Yeah, Debbie was just here. I prompted the World Cup team to see if they had anything interesting to say about your time here, Debbie. And obviously, you did really well and you, you dominated. Braxton had a really interesting conversation with you that was really funny, but you don't have to talk about it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Talk about it. She wants oh, to talk about it. Something about knocking you up or something, <laughs> helping you get. Do you remember? <laughs> We've actually had a few people volunteer yeah, for this. We have. There's actually a list. There's a waiting list. <laughs> but a hell of a lot cheaper, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, everybody's yeah. quick to come forward and uh, they think they want to help. And then when it comes down to it, they're like, nah, I'm doing that. Oh, so what you're saying is you've actually said to people, okay. Well, when it saves you like, 20 grand yeah you, you you do start to consider it no no obviously not yeah so how far along are you how many months 23 weeks okay I'm working weeks so what am i five months okay yeah. how do you feel not loving pregnancy yeah it's just it's a bit debilitating for me but but it's been all right. It was pretty rough the first first bit, but yeah. I'm I'm feeling all right now. I'm just too active to be pregnant. But I picked the the best time to do it. Yeah, I know I you did. Missed, I haven't missed a season. <laughs> no. I've never missed a playing season, and I still haven't. Yeah, that's crazy. You've been in every World Cup, Dara. How many have you been in? Three. Three. Okay. Three, yeah. And you played in your first World Cup together. This last one, right? Or, or was it two? Yeah. 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 Okay. So all right. This first World Cup I played. The, the one just gone is the first time I played for Ireland in the World Cup. What was that like, playing for another country? So I get asked this a lot because obviously my whole career I've played for the UK. And so everybody asks me, what was it like? What was it like? And the first time I played for Ireland was a test match against the UK. So that was a bit surreal. But at the end of the day, when the ball gets thrown in, it's just a ball game, you know, a polo cross game. A little bit weird on like the national anthems and stuff. And like, don't understand the Irish one and <laughs> <laughs> don't know the words. 
And then you hear the UK one. So, so other than that, it is what it is. I couldn't live here and continue playing for the UK. Even though we travel over every season and go and play in the UK, we put our horses on the boat. And, but it, just, it's, it wouldn't be possible. So I had to make that, that move. Unfortunately, I had to move here and Dara didn't come to the UK. So. Never asked. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so Dara went out on that one and the whole country of Ireland. That's awesome. I got you, lucky. Yeah, what do you miss about the UK just in general? I mean, what's stuff, stuff that you could do there that you can't do in Ireland? Polo cross terms, it would just be probably the level of polo cross in the UK. Uh, you know, they've got more people, so there's more competition. Non-polo cross would just be family, just, you know, friends and family. Not seeing people as much as you normally would. And yeah, you get it. It's not too bad. It's a 40-minute flight. Like, literally, you drive to the airport, get on the plane and... 40 minutes later, someone picks you up. Are you, are you from the north in in, uh, in the UK? Uh, like, mid, Midlands. Midlands, okay. How far from Arden then? I, I'm just name dropping. So I, I probably know. live uh, 30 minutes from Arden. Birmingham I was originally from. So not okay. far from Arden. But did you play with a club that was further up north? Or am I yeah, wrong? Yeah, I've played for a northern club and then I went and played for Kent, a southern club. Then I went and played for Welsh Dragons. I've never played for probably what you would consider my local team being Arden. Hmm. It was very hard to get into the A grade back in the, the day. So I was just trying to, I was trying to make it. <laughs> I was trying to go places where I could get some A grade games. And it just probably didn't suit me to go and play somewhere like that because I did struggle to get into the sides. Right. Back play- in those days, though, they had... Greg Sarge and Jason Burbage and Hamish Michael there. And, you know, there was a lot of players in Arden. Foreigners, yeah. They successfully took someone from the UK, didn't they? Sophie. Oh, Sophie, yeah. <laughs> so- yeah, actually, I, I, I really enjoyed your, your interview with them. It was great. It was funny. I had to cut a lot of it out. It was pretty raunchy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, it was nice just listening, you know, listening to Greg talk about coaching and stuff. You know, he got he got quite sort of emotional at times. It was it was it was a good interview. Yeah, he's more it was emotional. So good listening to listening to Richard tell everybody where he'd been all the time. But <laughs> yeah, Greg Greg was uh, my coach for the 2007 World Cup where we made the final. Yep, where I got seventh in that one, but that was your big shining <laughs> moment. That was your big shining moment. That was, I, I was glad to be a part of it. <laughs> no, I just remember being, uh, watching the, those games, like the, the semifinal under the lights, right? Uh, was it- well, our semifinal was um, against New Zealand and it, okay. it wasn't under the lights, but it was raining. Oh, okay. Okay. That's I remember from it. Mm. The other semi-final might have been under lights. I don't know. I, I, it was a very close game. I, maybe, I don't know why I thought it was dark. Maybe it was the Bundy. I'm not sure. what i got from greg was that different styles of polo cross he came to the realization that why not just be good at all of them right just so you can be a chameleon and adjust at what point did you start has it always been your game both of you or have you recently made some adjustments based on the african style i know there's already an african style in the uk been been one for a long time but has anything changed because it's been it's become more of a racket forward game around the world even in australia so we started playing together what the year before 2015 World Cup. Yeah, so 2014. 2014 was I went over and played with Debbie's club, and we actually, to be honest, from early on, we probably moved the ball a bit. So after that World 2015 World Cup, it was a, probably a little bit of an eye opener that the ball was being moved so quickly and. Probably when we come back from that, we talked about we probably need to adapt our game a little bit and start getting better at this. And it wasn't necess- it's not necessarily the long ball or it's moving the ball out of pressure um, and making sure that when you move the ball, you're not moving it back into pressure. It's, you're gaining an advantage by moving the ball. And it's really, we find it really hard at the start. We were making so many mistakes. It probably affected our polo cross a little bit at the beginning because we weren't playing it correctly. And then Bruce McClarty came over to Ireland, did a bit of coaching and we went to clinic with him and we talked to him a little bit about this and what we can do and and he helped us a little bit and then we got a little bit better and we're still not great at it but we're definitely adapted it to our game because I just you're gonna get left behind if you can't do it were you Um, stuck in the habit of just giving it to the one and that was where you were maybe putting it into pressure okay yeah definitely so what Um, what changed you know both of you what 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 is that adjustment technically if you if you can 
pinpoint it? It's probably more just decision making. So like sometimes as a number three, I actually quite like carrying the ball. I'm quite a confident ball carrier. Like it's, I'm, I'm happy carrying the ball. But so there'll be sometimes where you need to make the decision being like, you know, I'm going to carry this ball old, old style, I suppose you might say it, and deliver it over the line. And then there's another scenario where it just makes sense to maybe just give it straight away to the one. So I think it's just, it's not, a, it's, it's just that decision making, I suppose, when to use it and when to not use it, when to give the ball, when not to give the ball. So initially we were just giving the ball all the time without any logic behind why we were doing the pass. Right. Um, and then I think that's when Bruce is like, you've got to have a reason why you're going to pass that ball. And so now sometimes Dara might carry it the whole way and deliver it over the line. Or if, if the one's in good position, they're going to get given the ball. And well, the other one is it used to be unheard of for the one to give the ball back to somebody else. Mm. You'd never, you'd rarely have seen number one with the ball center field and give it back to the number two or back to the number three. Whereas it's kind of a this general rule for everyone in center field now is if you're in pressure, get rid of your, get your ball out of pressure, I suppose. Right. Um, so you probably do that. Definitely. If, it, if I'm playing the one and like I pick the ball up in midfield and I'm under pressure, the ball's going to get moved out of pressure. That's what right. we try and do. But like I said, with it's, it was still learning. Mm. It's tough. It's hard to adapt like that when you've played you know I've played polo cross most of my life where the ball gets delivered over the line and, also, and it's protected yeah. you, you know protect the ball and don't do anything silly and you go along down the field and you might have to do six or seven turns carrying the ball because you're protecting it and everybody's right. marking up and that's fine in some scenarios but like this day and age like oh, at this level horses can't can't do that they can't do that sort of 10 turns um, in every single chucker carrying one person carrying the ball all the time. It's, it's really tough on horses. So that's where I think you benefit. You see a bit of benefit from it. And wouldn't you agree with me? I'm a, a left-handed uh, three and I love, I love carrying the ball, but every time the one screws up, so I spent all this time getting the ball to the one and they screw up. I got to chase the other one all the way down the field and try to get it back again. So the three horse tends to do, twice as much work, right? And I found myself in that when I'm not playing with everyone that's at the same level, if that makes sense. You, you I, just I, need a, you need a better one, Ryan. Every, <laughs> every, every time, every time I listen to your interviews, you hate ones. You absolutely hate number They're one. They're glory hounds. They, they just love the, all the glory. The threes maybe, do the work. Maybe you just don't give them a good pass over the line or something. You're not making it easy for your one. <laughs> Well, if you have a side saddle, you can come play with me. You'll be my one. Something safe for your leg. <laughs> no, mate, I don't play one either anymore. I'm not good enough. So how I, that... I used to always, I was only ever a, a two or, and then I moved and played a bit of three and never played a one. And now I've, I play the one. Yeah. And, and you're, you're great at it. Dara, do you still play more three or like when you play together? Uh, yeah, so for a while, we we have some horses that are quite position specific. Like we've won Little Mare that's, there's no point putting her anywhere but a number one. And I absolutely love her. So every now and again, I'll try and say, I'll play the one this weekend. I'm just, as much as it pains me to say it, Debbie's better as a one than I am. I just don't have confidence as a number one. I like to think I'm great at it, but I make mistakes and I, I get frustrated. Right. Simon. You know, Ryan, you these guys used to be arch enemies. <laughs> they did. They did. Yeah. I used to play the one in test matches and, and Debbie would be the three against me and we'd be going out to kill each other. So what kind of cheating things would you do to each other? Oh, oh, anything. Debbie, Debbie will tell you all about it. Anything, <laughs> anything that I could win, beat her. It was, uh, sometimes it, was, uh, it wasn't even going out to win, beat Ireland. It was to go out and beat her. We would go out against each other. We right? really, really hated each other. We, like struggled to shake hands. There's actually a picture from the 2011 World Cup, and you can just see it. I've gone on, and we're shaking. There's a picture of us shaking hands as you ride on pitch, and we're all we're not even looking at the each other. Way. And you can wow. see, like you know, you're squeezing each other's hands and like smiling in the opposite direction. <laughs> like, it's, oh my god, it was pretty brutal. Like, we were... did you say things to each other? Or you just, you just didn't talk. No, there was things said. Oh, definitely things said. <laughs> Sure. And you also got to remember, like, she was quite intimidating. And I was quite, I was quite young back then. Like. So I'm going out against this, like, yeah, no, it was, it was intimidating to go against, but I was, it wasn't, I like to think I wasn't intimidated, if you know what I mean. I would still go out <laughs> and be like, bring it on. Yeah. And unfortunately, I all came out. <clears throat> what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? 2011, you, you were probably both a little 
extra irritated because the U.S. team beat you in close games. (laughs) (laughs) And then we got whooped by Australia for the third place game. But that's the farthest we've ever gone. So I'm going to brag about that. That was probably the coach's fault. (laughs) What's the Americans' current standing, Ryan? I don't know. I haven't been paying attention. When we were talking about styles and, you know, getting the ball moving, when I talked to the U.S. team, you know, they they were down. They they felt like they could have done much better. We don't have a lot of competition over here. It's tough. You've got to travel internationally. Same there, I'm sure. The The only good thing about us being in an awkward phase between styles was that the other countries may not have been able to predict what we were going to do. We were used to taking the ball to the one, but our players were passing it more quickly. They were in that awkward phase too. We're probably a little bit behind the ball compared to you guys. That's the only really bragging I can do because we, we got seventh in this one. How did you feel coming off the last World Cup with your standings? And obviously you always feel like you can do more, but was there anything specifically that was... Always going to wish you did better, like, unless you win. Uh, like, I've, what, 2015? I don't, I don't even know where we came, actually, in 2015, 2011. 2011, we came seventh. 2015, didn't we? And 2015, we came eighth. So I actually dropped... We do- 2015 was really tough. Like you, when we came out of 2015, we were really defeated. Ireland, that was like it. it just it, nothing went. Our, it was just shit. Like there's no, there's no. So we were really like positive and determined going into 2019. Um, obviously we had Debbie with us, so I was. We were confident going into it. We should have done better, and we probably could have done better. But we at the same time we did we did the best that we could at the time. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I don't think, I think, look, we've, we jumped two places. Like, we can't be too disappointed coming out of that. It's an improvement. No, I, I think as a country, we're pretty, we're pretty positive about it. We're a small yeah. country. Like, to, to go to the World Cup in Australia and jump to two places is, it's pretty good. Yes, we can always do better. Yes, I would like to have probably have done a little bit better against the UK on both occasions, but, you know. Yeah, hey, shit, go all the way to Australia and play them twice. Like. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I mean... <laughs> I had to play them in their first ever game uh, in 2003. Twice. Hold on. We play against them every single year. Like it's, And yeah. then we go to Australia and we play against the UK twice. We got a game against Zimbabwe and a game against New Zealand. Like It's like, it's just... Yeah. Debbie, you've been in every World Cup and same with Dara. What's your typical strategy or when do you start? I mean, you obviously never stop. But, you know, once you have the baby and, and you're good to go, is there like uh, two or three years or two years out where you have a certain thing that you do? Or, I mean, I don't know. What's your system for as getting country. ready? Uh, just you as a, as players for the next World Cup. Yeah, so it's, well, at the moment, we're, it's hard to even predict what's going to happen. Um, because, yes, obviously, there'll be another person to take into account. But normally, we're we're pretty like solid going for the whole season like with the season before i suppose would be your big season and the last world cup is anything to go by like we trained we didn't stop from march april 2018 we played our whole season and then we trained all through the winter like every weekend we had two weeks off over christmas and we played we trained every single weekend like it was but it's so hard like we're you're looking at the cost of it, like so, renting arenas, it's keeping your horses in. Not everybody has the facilities to keep horses in and fit. It's coming home or getting up in the morning and trying to work horses in between, like everything else. So I don't know how how we are going to to do it for the next one, but you figure out a way. Like like a lot of people say, how, you know, how are you going to continue playing with a a small child? If you want to, you'll figure out a way of doing it. We'll work it out, but um. Yeah, the, I always think the preparation. I wish, I wish countries would pick their teams earlier because that's when you can start preparing, and that's when your mindset changes a little bit as well. From like just playing polo cross to actually like being in a team and preparing for right. the World Cup. You know, UK have always been a little bit late on selecting their team. Ireland are the same. They're a bit late selecting their team. And I think you just got to start selecting a bit earlier just to give, give everybody a chance to start preparing a bit, bit better. And that, that's what I, after every World Cup, that's what I've always said. Right. Speaking of that, with our preparations, I want to see what, how it's different for you. But Robbie Shuttles was just named the, the U.S. team coach. When I used to go to the U.K., Simon was always like, 
you're better than Robbie. Robbie's not, you know, and I, and I always held Robbie above me, right? He was the, and he was my mentor, give me looks when I'd screw up and I played my first A grade with him and everything. So that's kind of how I've seen him. And Simon's like, you're better than Robbie. He's always trying to get me, you know, fired up. But, but that's a side note because Robbie's listening to this. We're going to have, <laughs> you, are, take- you are better than Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I don't, I don't think I'm better than you, Robbie. Simon does. We're, we're going to collect names and we'll have our long list by December. 11th. That's the plan of this year. Just have that long list of people that it's a 10 rating or higher and you have to make certain commitments. The team will be selected by the spring of 2022. So I don't know, is that not early enough compared? I mean, what what's the plan for your team? The 2023 World Cup. World Cup will be in July 2023. So we'll, we'll have 15 months lead time with the team. Is so that, that... That's that's more than... That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. That's more than any team I've been selected in a World Cup. They usually get selected... Most of the World Cups I've played in have been selected around the end of the season prior. So, so sep- August. August, September. September. So in Australia, World Cups, you'd then be playing in April and then the other World Cups that were July. It's not long, and you you're out of season. You got to hustle yeah. for money, right? You've got to raise money. That, and- that's the other thing. You got to find money, like and people don't fundraise until they know they're on the on a team. And even still, they don't necessarily. Twenty nineteen, we had we had two two outbound tours, and then the World Cup, and there's two of us. It was uh, we paid for the outbound tours, like they were. That was what the trip to Zim and the trip to America. America. Like that was. With time off work and flights and like it just it, it's expensive all within a three four month period yeah. um, but though no, 15 months is geez i'd be happy with 15 months it so, gives you a lot longer to prepare as a team especially if it's in season like naming your side the end of a season going off for the winter and then going to play in a world cup in april is just i don't well, also in one way i think you you get to relax a bit more with your teammates because you're not working you're working now with them instead you're not never really working against them but you're, you're always competing against them until you know you're in a team with them once you know you're in a team with them you you become a team up until that point you're out for yourself really do you feel like you have to obviously go to africa and play as much as you can and do you have plans for that in a perfect world i mean do you have communications with other countries you- have a, a pretty good relationship with other countries i think we have if we wanted to go and play in another country we we could Obviously, it's hard to know because there's no plans for anything at the moment. But I mean, we went, we toured South Africa then in 2018. That was a great tour. We had a full ladies and a full men's. And that was, there's nothing better than getting that match experience. And you right. can't replicate that at home. Like, it's, you cannot replicate it at home. From my perspective, playing with them in another country, maybe two or three of you going over and playing, is more of a benefit with us bottom of the half rankings than to play with each other. It just seems like anyone that's gone over there and lived with another family or played individually has come back better. You don't just have to focus on. Well, I I don't know, we we had a tour, I went on a tour as as a coach over to South Africa and they, they were amazing. They played against sort of a B team, their guys helped us. And really, if you're going as a team, going up towards a World Cup, you wanna be playing together. If you're going right. to just improve your own personal polycross, yeah, I'd agree with you. I think, especially in South Africa, with a team like the UK or I suppose Ireland as well, you know, they're pretty helpful. They don't just try and give you a flogging. They they want to uh, have a good time and, and make sure you have a good time. That's a big part of their sort of stuff over there. Right. I don't know. What do you guys think? Oh, the, whenever I've been and played in South Africa, it's... Uh... I've always think I've come back a better player for it. In terms of preparation for a team, World Cup or having any sort of top competition before you go into a World Cup, meaning like, for instance, we went and played in Zimbabwe and America before the last World Cup. Without doing that... We got flogged in Zimbabwe. Absolutely absolutely 32-6 or something, both days. And then we played them in the playoffs and beat them. We wouldn't have done that. What would have happened was if we hadn't gone out and played, we probably would have lost 32-6 in the World Cup to them. And they were amazing as well when they hosted us. They really are. They, they want us. They want people to go over and play. And I also got to remember that they also want match experience. They want to play against other people. 
Yeah, but like, and like you said about the lower half of the rankings, people are happy to have us over because they're not in a bad way. They're not intimidated by us. They're not worried about us. We're not a worry to South Africa. <laughs> we wouldn't be a worry to Australia. Like Zimbabwe mustn't have seen us as a worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, these other countries, they see you as a play toy and they want you to be a better play toy. So it challenges them. No, no. So they're willing to help, which is phenomenal. The men were supposed to go to Zim this year. That got canceled. We should do that next year as barbarians. But we're talking about possibly inviting them over here, Greg and Sophie, and just inviting just people over to play against us, even if it's not a, a you know full team yet. But, uh, that, but that the, was... the, the thing I would say, I think one of the things that I don't know whether they let you guys down or anything like that. I'm not saying that at all. But when you do these, I think any country, when they do these pre preparation tournaments, games against another nation before a World Cup, don't ride your own horse. What are you gaining from that? In that test match, some of the Americans were... They're all on their on best their horses. Top horses when that because they didn't want to... Which I understand. I understand how hard it is sometimes... To put your pride and joy and your best horse into a pool and watch somebody else take that risk of somebody else riding it. It gets to a point like where you're not benefiting anyone coming out and playing somebody else on a totally stranger horse. And you, I, yeah. When you, go right, to, when you go to a World Cup, you're not going to be sitting on your own horse. Right. Even if you drew the horse, don't play it. Don't that, play it. Yep. yep. What, what, you well, we don't gain anything though. from it. So that's what we gained mostly from both of those Zim and American trips was we get there on the Wednesday. We rode the horses rode on the her, Thursday and played on the Friday. Played on the Friday. One day, ride a few horses, pick a horse, get on play. That, I think that's what benefits. That's what I, I would be saying. Like, no point in me going out there on my best horse. We all know right. we can play our best horses at top right. level. We do it week in, week out. Yep. Can you, play, can you play someone else's best horse at top level? Yeah, makes so, a lot of that, sense. That's the preparation, I, I believe, for World Cups that will hopefully get get you further up the rankings but. are there a bunch of young players that are would be contesting for this next one we're really struggling with young players so we haven't had a junior grade in about five years there's a few there's two sorry i don't know there's a few clubs tag mines being one of them are very good for their bringing on junior players because they have the facility there where they have lessons people can come up turn up do a poker test and go home and they can hire horses and things like that. Limerick, Polcross down the south have gotten very good at bringing some juniors on. Wicklow. And then Wicklow Bay. They're, but they're all riding schools. So they all have the facilities for people to come in, hire a horse, do a lesson. And our, our next step is getting the kids out of the riding school Polcross into IPA Polcross, which is where it's tricky because the cost just skyrockets. For right. a kid who turns up on a Saturday to play an hour of pole cross to then having to hire a horse or having to commit to a whole weekend of pole cross and things like that. But aside from that, like that's, we don't have a huge amount of top level kids. They're not there at the moment. We have some that are looking like they will be, that they're going to be there, but they're not in the next couple of years. What was your youngest World Cup teammate from 19? Luke Brandon Luke, 18. Okay, that's young. He's very, very good for his age. He's got a very good head on his shoulders. Yeah. Very talented player. He's had very little experience. Very little. Like he's played a few a test matches. junior test matches, and, yeah. And that's it. Mm. So to come out and do what he did on that Australian World Cup stage was just huge. Biggest one I've played on. He was uh, he was our youngest. The guy was the oldest. <laughs> we had a few um, on our squad. So before the team was picked, there's a they're under twenty ones. There's a few under twenty ones that are there and are good. Um, our problem is then it's the next step down from them or is is where it gets a little bit light at the moment. But we're in a very similar situation. We used to draw a lot from Pony Club, just like they did in the UK. I don't. Did you do that? In Ireland at any point? Okay, well. Our pony clubs really don't want us. I don't know why. You guys started a lot with riding schools, though, didn't you? Yeah. Still do. That was a big benefit. Pony club we had. The East Coast was half the size of the APA because of pony club, because of the growth of that. And that's died off, and we're not refilling the pipeline. I'm an old guy, and I'm, I might try to make this next team. I feel like all these young players that don't have the same responsibilities could go to another country, spend some time. And they could skyrocket past any of us if they had that flexibility. Because if you have a job and only so many days off, you can only take so many trips and only have so much money. And yeah. Responsibility holds you back. <laughs> so, you, Ryan, you're still fighting for this next World Cup, yeah? Well, I haven't given up yet. No. no I've seen uh, a few videos of you on Facebook playing. They're not really. The Americans have put loads of videos on recently. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Facebook Live because. 
you get to see everything. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> you just want the edited version. I've made highlights, but not of my, not for me, but for my young mare. I made a few highlight videos. I saw um, them. Yeah, that's just yeah. Getting someone to video me is a nice thing. Do you guys get people videoing you? We do. I mean, well, when we are, we ask people. When we go, so like when we went to Zimbabwe, we had Dana. God bless her. We're like, can you please video us? Just come all the way to support Connor. And like, we've then stuck a phone on her face and be like, I need you to video this whole game. You can't watch it. <laughs> and you've got some people who will gladly, like Luke Brandon's mom gladly. Oh, she's brilliant. She's brilliant at videoing as well. She zooms in and stuff. I don't know how she does it on her phone. They're, they're But priceless. they're really, really useful. Like, yeah. Things like that. But yeah. a regular tournament, no, no. nobody videos no, no, no. us. I remember we went, when we went on a tour we're not Dara, but Debbie, when she was playing with the UK, and we had a guy in South Africa, we had a guy, one of the dads, he videoed every game and we watched it every night during a quadrangular. We'd watch that game and it was it was good. Good just to see, well, I'm always a bit negative, but always good to see the mistakes that are being made to try and work on for your next game, I suppose. No, it's a great tool. And even at the World Cup just gone, like every night, we, every night we would then watch back the games. Right. Every night. After. So, so it's fresh in your mind as well. So like that, <coughs> and we did it in America as well. So we would watch back our games basically straight after. And it's you, know, you learn a lot about the horses as well. Like you, all of a sudden you, you go, God, Actually, that horse is better than I thought it was or right. not as good as I thought it was. Why am I doing that on that horse and not on that horse? It's, it, they, it is, they were very good. I mean, the Australian World Cup videos were yeah, <laughs> they, on telly. It's funny, when, you're, when we watched them, Joy Poole, when she was over here coaching us, she said, I'm not coaching you unless we have video because it's a waste of time because I want to be able to use the video. But we had to watch the video in silent. And it was, and so many people were just like, oh, I got fouled. You know, it's hard to keep people to, you know, quiet about those stupid little things that really don't matter. What matters is what you can learn from it. So we watched it in silent and everything like that. You can learn a lot. And for you to say, Debbie, that, you know, you notice this about the horses, that's the right way to use it. You know, things that you don't necessarily notice when you're in the heat of the game. So that's definitely, that's cool. For your opposition. Mm. Right. We also, what you know, if we were about to go and play, New Zealand or something, we'd watch their previous game. Especially right. line out. Oh, mm. yeah. Horses, line up. Who's your coach uh, for the, the the World Cup team? James Smith. Did you, have you met James? Right. James Smythe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Smith. It's yeah. pronounced oh, okay. Smith. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know him well from, from the 2006 Yank tour over there. Yeah, it's been a while. I haven't seen him since 2011 because I went on walkabout and everything like that. There is this connection here with Joy Poole and Avis Watton. They played for a long time in New South Wales together. Tremendous women and riders. And so what has Avis brought to Ireland Polo Cross? I mean, I just remember watching her play and her just being so tough. Uh, Still so tough. <laughs> so did Still, so, so, so she i'm sure she brought that to the sport there what else has it, avis brought avis had a huge influence on my polacross and a large amount of dublin based polacross players obviously because she came into carrick mind polacross club and i don't know what it was we, we, she we were all just drawn to her like we were just we learned so much from her everything her horsemanship and the way she does things and she had that real outback australian she was so foreign to us like everything she did was it was nuts really like she's still here which is amazing <laughs> but no she has a huge no huge influence i think just the way she does things and the way she does things with her horses and she was always avis was never a flashy flashy polacross player she was always a big believer in just doing the basic things right doing the horse things right no but she, yeah no she's she's been what's the word i'm looking for like she still is quite a big influence yeah because we play for the same club as avis there's a lot of players that are currently playing for this club that is Probably due to yeah. Avis and then newcomers. She well, always bring in newcomers in. Um, I, I remember Avis played for Ireland in 2003 at the World Cup and she yeah. made a huge, huge difference to that team back then. I remember playing against her. <laughs> <laughs> she was scary. She's like, how did she do that? You know, you're thinking like, oh my gosh, how did she do that? But that's where the horsemanship and being able to get to the ball and playing smart and didn't need to be flashed, like you said. That's tremendous. You said with her experience, she's kind of simplified things. There's so many common sense things that she recommends based on her experience. Give away your, can't give away your tips, Ryan. <laughs> you bring her over to America and you can get it all. <laughs> We've had her now for what, nearly 20 years. 
we're not gonna get rid of it that easy yeah i don't i i, I don't know if i can put words exactly to it confidence confidence yeah confidence probably is the one that if, yeah. if any word comes it's just what was your favorite uh world cup dara the last one uh, <laughs> i'm joking yeah i didn't the hear what one. you said anyway when you yeah. were joking so yeah the last one okay last one yeah was that your favorite devs um no yes in some respects yes i gotta be careful what i say yeah. Yeah. no in in some respects yes because obviously i was playing with dara like that to be able to do that is unusual anyway, to, to play in a World Cup with your wife on the same section. I mean, there are plenty of um, married... Well, not many people play. get to do that, do they? Really? <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's, it's, it's men's and then women's. So. Exactly. <laughs> so um, to be able to do that, is, it, was, it was special and, and um, you know, experience that experiencing that with Dara was, was amazing. But the 2000s, to play in a World Cup final is... Probably the semi-final game in the 2007 was the best game I've ever played in. It was unreal. Never was never meant to beat New Zealand. No way. And we did. And to play in a final in a World Cup is... At least I can say I've done it. What are some moments that you can recall from those from those games, the semi-final and the final? So the semi-final, I think it was a sports psychologist said to me once, you need to get yourself into a, a zone when you're playing where it's just so instinctive that you don't even know you're doing anything. That New Zealand game, it was like I was, I don't know, have you ever driven a car and got home and gone, I don't even know how I got home. It yep. was a little bit like that. Just playing on autopilot. So there was no nerves or stress. It was a really funny feeling. So that was... How far into that game did you think, we've, we've got this? A minute before the final chucker of the men's, I actually turned to my manager, who was Dawn at the time, and I looked at the scoreboard and went, holy shit, we could win this. Until that point, I had no idea what the score was. And that is the honest truth. I had no idea. I just was playing polo cross. And um, it wasn't until literally a minute before the end, I was like... We actually could win this. So that was pretty cool. The final, we got absolutely flogged. <laughs> we had no horsepower left. We were, we put everything into that semi-final. Mm. To ride out on, in the final of the World Cup was... My nerves were back. How do you think the next World Cup will be different from 2015? Have you heard from the South Africans? Is, is anything going to be different? Is it going to be fairly the same with the horsepower and everything? Ryan's still thinking about the 2011 World Cup. It just brought flooded back memories in his head then of that big pass and that <laughs> chucker, that chucker, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, it was amazing. So he couldn't even think of the next question. All he had in his mind was 2011. I'm coming no. up 2023. I'm going to show you buggers. No, it was all downhill from 2011. <laughs> Give me 2011. Look, we all know they've got a big ask to try and compete against the 2019 World Cup with everything that they provided in terms of facilities and playbacks on the big screens and horses and all of that. Like, it's, it's, it's nearly impossible to compete with Australia on that level. However, before that World Cup, I have always said that that South African World Cup in 2015 was by far the best horse pull I'd had in a World Cup. I think the horses will be. Yeah, they had good horses in South Africa. Yeah, real good. It, I think the main standout, well, not that I'd played in one in Australia before, but I think I thought the horses were brilliant in 2019. And I think the main thing was they were so much better than the ones in 2007. Yeah. Like they, so their, their improvement in the horsepower in Australia was, was huge from what I've heard. I don't think the standard of horses in South Africa is going to be a problem. I think... Oh, I like the South African yeah. horses as well. More forward, bigger thoroughbreds. Suit, just suit me. Suit okay. my style of play. And, but like, so the horses will be good and they'll still put on a, a decent... That's a lot cheaper to go to work up in South Africa. So. <laughs> Do you think that we'll get live streaming video? Do they have the internet to connection? I, I wouldn't surprise me if they, if they get it done. They want, not that they want to impress, but like they'll... They'll be aware of that they have to, they're coming off the back of Australia. They'll want to make it the best. I think they will improve on their last, on 2015. But I don't think they should be expected to match work. Like, you can't match work. That was so in, in theory, though, the, the 2015 World Cup was the best World Cup ever. Yeah, it was. Then yeah. the 2019 was the best World Cup ever. You know, it just, it gets better and better as, you, like you said, with all the big screens and stuff. Well, you know, 
it'll probably carry on from that. I actually haven't been fortunate enough to go there. I've only been to Zambia. I'm sure that that would be phenomenal. No, it could be your year, 2023. <laughs> I could be the assistant have, coach with Robbie. <laughs> have, have a, yeah. Have, have America have America got any uh, big tours planned? Robbie's just been chosen. There, we're selecting a manager. I wish I could say yes. I mean. The only thing might be the Zim tour, the the Barbarians tour, to for a men's team to head over and play next August. Yeah, that's about it for now. If we're but, allowed to get on airplanes by then, <laughs> yes, we're gonna do our best to try to spread the virus and go for herd herd immunity. <laughs> if if uh, we can get sixty five percent of the population. If infected, then we can travel. We'll all be immune. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that's insensitive. To say I, like I think that. we've got a similar thing going on here. You guys have done a much better job. Yeah, but at least your president's had it now. Yeah, it sounds like someone else that we know with from the UK. Yeah, Boris. Well, yeah. yeah. He, he went for it early on. He went for it early on. Now that I get to speak politics with you guys, what's going on with the whole Brexit thing? Are you worried about having to put up a wall again with trade? Oh. It's not going to happen. <laughs> You're talking to, to me and Simon are uh, sort of pro-Brexit. Probably talking to the wrong people. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no wall or it'll work out it will work out thanks to boris trade deals. once they get all these trade deals sorted i know they're having issues i heard on the news so with europe but i mean it's life's going to continue it's not going to be the uh, the all and end all it's, it's just inconvenient it's just inconvenient that's all it is as a murphy who was who spent time at mcdonald's pub just had a tremendous time i'm cheering for ireland on that the, the negotiations there because murphy's own most things in ireland right that's the most popular <laughs> if you, you can pretend yeah <laughs> <laughs> what else is exciting that's going on anything else that you'd love to share my yeah, uh, got a baby on the way i suppose is our most exciting thing at the moment um, you know the sex and do you have names no no names yet that's a we struggle to name our horses, let alone our baby. Well, um, be careful because the whole uh, reveal that people have been doing over here, that's what caused all the fires in California that burned like states and states and states. I have a yeah. friend that I lives in I don't think Ireland's going to have that problem. <laughs> oh, because we're right. <laughs> we're pretty, a little bit pretty green over there. <laughs> Do you have names that you've thought of, but you can't no. say? You can't no. say. No, no, I got no we're not the whole world. Our we're, name we're choices. <laughs> we're having a ball. Not going to be called Ryan. <laughs> what or about Simon? Si or Simon? Or Simon? <laughs> Simon, what's your middle name? Nicholas. Oh, Nicholas. No, nope, it's not going to be called Nicholas either. <laughs> Probably Sorry. will. Sorry to disappoint. But yeah, but, no, that's it, really. We what we should have done this year was breed some more horses. Yeah. Mm. Had I have had some insight into COVID, I probably would have put a few mares in, in foal. And we have a service of Hayden Oracle of the stock horse, of Webby stock horse. So we, yeah. In hindsight, we wish we had put into our, our good mare, but we didn't want to put, I don't know. Yeah, we should have done it. Before COVID, like <clears throat> she's had the year off now, so she may as well have been pregnant. My family brought over Hayden Orbital's full brother, Satellite, now with the Saucy Farm. We sold them off, but uh, that's a nice horse. Well, my favorite playing horse is this. A full stock horse. No, he's not a full stock oh, horse. His mom horse. is a Rosebrook. Dad is a grandson of the Colonel. A Lee horse, which Simon will tell you a bit more about them. Well, no, it's just a, it's a horse that belonged to Errol Glyne in New Zealand. A lot of horses came from his horse to the UK back in the day. Not so only now, but uh, and then Rick Murray had the yeah grandson to that horse, and he was breeding a few here. I think I rode a satellite horse, did I not? It, when we oh, came yeah. over in, uh, to America last year. Eclipse. Yeah, it was good. I yeah, I horse. heard. I heard. Did phenomenal on that horse. Yeah, a little red rocket, huh? little pocket rocket do you guys have any funny stories from the wedding or i mean with simon you want to roast simon a little bit here they wouldn't have any we, no we had simon was uh one of our best men at the wedding and owen was our other sort of dara's best man was owen and simon was my best man but they were too they were very well behaved they, they'd be too scared to roast me on here because i'd roast back yeah <laughs> 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 He might have a 
have a little bit more on me than I've got on him. Is Simon kind of a bully then? Is that what you would say? Oh, about no. Him? <laughs> I would like. Not at know, all. It's funny though, you know. Me and Debbie went over to Ireland to play in a tournament for a bit of fun, and that's how we actually went there to try and get a player to come and play for our club. And uh, kidnapping wasn't me. Kind of. And then uh, there was a, an Aussie guy over there at the time playing with Dara, Sam Hanlon, and they they agreed to come and play with us. And funnily enough, before that, literally these two were arch enemies, and it was it was them that when they came over to play with us, and I know they were, Dara was a bit hesitant at the time, but it was all because of that really, that uh, these guys became mates and got together, blah, 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 so. So what's the secret, Simon? Because in the States, we've, we've only sent people away. We haven't been successful at bringing anyone over. I don't know, well, we've lost players. Debbie too, so. I, I yeah. kind of wish we hadn't really introduced them. <laughs> <laughs> So you're giving yourself some credit for their... For them. No, well, no, definitely not. No, Debbie invited me to go and play in Ireland. Uh, okay. It's not me who's giving any credit, getting any credit. No, definitely <laughs> not. It was good fun, though. We went and played like an arena tournament over there that where Dara and Sam kicked Debbie in my ass, actually. Mm. But we were just on youngsters. They were probably playing their best horses. We were also <laughs> on youngsters. <laughs> Thing is, when you have an arena... And you have young horses, they, your time dis disappears. You, right. When you have a, a sand arena and you have people to play against, a very, very efficient way of getting young horses going. So yes, although our horses, we probably had our horses the same amount of time, but the amount of work that our horses could have done at a higher, I suppose, playing pole cross was obviously, they'd played, they'd played a few, a few chuckers more than, than what their horses had played. But we were pretty lucky to be able to do that, put a few horses on a boat and go to another yeah. country. 10 people in a truck that shouldn't have been there and just sneak through. <laughs> yeah, we're lucky, I suppose I'm lucky in the fact that I can live in Ireland and still travel back and play in the UK and um, yeah, lucky to be able to do that really. Does it, Ireland require a passport type of thing to be on the team? So it was a, for me to get on the team initially, I had to have lived in Ireland a certain number of days. Of, like one? You, you, had, you had to be a resident oh. for over two, you had to be resident for two years, but your residency was something like a 190 days 190 or something days. like that per year. Because Same rules for tax, I suppose. The first year that I was here, I was sort of here for half the year and back in the UK for half the year. I just about managed to get the number of days, I think, to That's qualify. good. I mean, that, that, that makes sense. I, I think other countries might be a little looser about that. I suppose it was, a, it's a bit loose in that respect, but Ireland is so small, like, I don't think, look, Polo Cross in general is so small. I don't know whether right. we can be that tight on right. people moving around. And I'm not, definitely not the first, and I definitely won't be the last. Right, you know, yeah. I could reel off a number of people who have played for, I think Kelly Crane has played for three different nations in a World Cup. You can't be, the, the sport's so small, you can't be that strict like he could be in like so is Brian do you have any foreign players who are living there playing well, you, do, you have a wait time. we have Garrett's girlfriend's been here for a little what little bit uh Briar. she's been here since I think the spring she's played a lot over here with Garrett I don't know the long-term plan there are you guys coming to the end of your season right or where are you we're coming to the end of the season yep well, um, I don't even know if polo cross will happen here next year yeah the way it is, uh, me and Simon have spoke about this. I just don't know if Polo Cross is even going to go ahead next year. Yeah. Same here. I mean, yes, it changes. We're, See it changing. Things were optimistic when we started Polo Cross, but then because kids went back to school, all these things started happening. People were opening up. It's just getting worse. Who knows what the future holds? It's a bit frightening because then you think, well, what the hell is going to happen? for 2023 I think he's quite far away but it's 2021 next year it's not and this the season of 2023 doesn't really happen anyway before you get to the world cup it's what day no, does it go in it's july the world july yeah right play a few tournaments before you get go so it's only you've got two seasons to go really you'll be in your sort of prime of your season when you're in june july yes right so yep. it's it, the South African World Cup suit you guys more more than the Australian well the dates of the, the Australian World Cups really. Yeah, it only yeah. thaws out here April first. Where I live, most of the top players are in the south though, so it's not going to be a big problem for them to be all legged up and ready to go. Yeah, yeah. cool. Thanks for having a chat. No Great. Thanks for inviting us for a chat. Yeah, it's been Can't great. Really I had mean, no exciting stories. Yeah, sorry. We're very yeah. boring. Simon's intimidating. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just you only got me on to tell Robbie that you're better than him, didn't you? <laughs> I guess I teed you up for that one. I'm glad to be able to chat with you now because it's such a big moment in your life. And, you know, I wish I could have caught you right when you announced. This is awesome. So good luck to you guys. Be safe. I've always enjoyed playing against you and being around you guys. It's, it's never been angry with me or anything like that. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, and I've had, you know, it's just been a lot of fun. So both the UK and, the, and Ireland have been tremendous to me. I really appreciate your time. And um, I hope to see you... I don't know when we're going to see each other. At least 2023. I'm going no matter what. what? You'll you'll be the manager. I'm joking. Yeah, I'll be the... The water boy. Yeah. I bet he's the number one. (laughs) 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 They'll give me a number one jersey, right? I have to make fun of Simon. Remember how you've got this bum knee? Wasn't that caused in the World Cup? In Australia, when you're running across the field after a horse, it was it was one of yeah one of the things. 2007, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah I 2003. Broke my leg. Oh, 2003. 2003, yeah. that was. I was just a reserve in those days. So never, that, never got any better than that. That horse was like gonna kill itself. That's why it ran. You ran after it, like tried to stop yeah. it. Yeah. It was yeah. running like frightening. Yeah. It already had bits hanging off it by that point. Yeah. Well, well, Simon, you're my hero for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks ryan <laughs> you guys thanks, have guys. a good night thank you very much see you guys thanks, later all right bye. cheers bye. have a good bye. one thanks for listening to this episode it's a rare privilege to speak to someone who's played in all five world cup with eight world cups between them as a couple simon is tremendous with his insight and i'm honored to have him as a great international polo cross friend there are so many gems to capture listening to this crew Cheers to health and happiness. In spite of COVID, let's remember that love prevails above all. Here on Chugga Talk, we appreciate your feedback. Have you enjoyed the show? Do you have questions or comments? Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. For a chance to be featured on the show, leave a voicemail by finding the Send Voicemail Sidebar button on PoloCrossMadeSimple.com. For more Polacross coaching, go to PoloCrossMadeSimple.com. You'll find ebooks on how to become a great player and even on how to become a great coach. Find me on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a good one.